We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. <laughs> this is great. The, the first one was, was Holy Ship. <laughs> and then I, you wrote one a month later. It's called Sinking Ship. <laughs> this is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from Rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit Rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and Davey Basso. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire.com. I'm joined tonight by JD Bazo and just JD. Skylar's skipping out on us tonight, so um, we have free reign to talk about him, and he has uh, no way to um, stick up for himself tonight. And JD. I'm looking at the schedule, and I have to ask you, since Skyler isn't here to back him up, does Will Bruin score Friday against the Galaxy? He might, actually, because I think this this is about the best time Houston could ever play the Galaxy. So they're they're playing pretty well. I haven't really been been a believer of their, their form through the first, like, two or three games. They've cooled off. But I, I still think they have what it takes to take care of the Galaxy at home. And if I recall correctly, last year Houston uh, took care of the Galaxy pretty mightily 
at home kind of late in the season, which was a surprise. So I think that I think, may have been one of Skyler's gut picks. If I it might have been like four nothing even. Yeah, or it, I think that's, I'm not positive, but yeah, I think Houston can can beat the Galaxy, and if they're gonna score, it's probably Giles Barnes is the odds-on favorite, and mm-hmm. then Will Bruin right after him. Yeah, I uh, I filled in on the rankings this week. Um, hopefully they're up by the time anybody's listening to this, but uh, I got to where I thought Bruin should go, and I, it's almost like I had the. I had Skyler on one shoulder and you on the other trying to convince me to go one way or the other. I put him in the nine or 10 range. So I think I just basically split the difference. Not that Skyler would have put him number one, but um, I just don't know how to read this Houston team. Um, Yeah. I I still don't think they're that good. And I'm, I think they're going to be a borderline playoff team, which mm -hmm. isn't, that's not really saying a whole lot about a team because you you can be in the bottom half of your conference and still make the playoffs. (laughs) Right. But um, yeah, they're they're okay. They're not great. I think having Giles Barnes in there and Christian Maidana, which are two guys they haven't been able to get on the field at the same time a lot this year, I think having both of them is key. And if they can ever get Cubo Torres going as well, um, it's going to be a dangerous dangerous side. I think this is kind of Giles Barnes's breakout year. If you don't consider last year mm-hmm. his breakout year, he looks great. Yeah, he does. Um... There were definitely some winning lineups last weekend with with Barnes in it. Yeah, definitely. And uh, what's what I'm finding weird about Maidana is, uh, as soon as I jumped on him for the crosses, the, um, when he came back from that injury, they all went to uh, Lionel Miranda, and then the next game I went with Miranda and and Maidana had him, but Maidana doesn't seem to do much other than cross. Um, he did have a, a goal earlier. And but it just seems like his his box scores are a few crosses and then just zeros. And can you like do you put um, like can you feel comfortable putting Maidana in your lineup knowing that you're probably not getting a lot if he's not crossing? Like it's weird to to have like the top crosser on a team with a low floor. Yeah, he's a he's kind of a weird guy. The last couple times he's played, he's in that mid five thousand dollar range. And I look, and I, I'm kind of tempted, but it, it's just there's better options in that area. And the, it's weird because Maidana is not really used to playing the number 10 role. He right. didn't in Philadelphia. He was a winger most of the time. Um, and the way Houston plays, they're like really attack heavy on the wings. But Will Bruin also likes to kind of drift wide and kind of just make runs where he can get the ball wide, hold it up and then someone else kind of makes a, an overlapping run or cuts inside, and he's been good at distributing this year. So Maidana is not the not the guy that leads kind of the charge into the box either, so he's never really getting in dangerous positions except for, for assisting, mm-hmm. which if Bruin's making all these sideline runs, that's not really great great for Maidana. Right, um, because great. like Barnes, although he did score on a, on a cross, that goal that he had last weekend, which was one of the most like indifferent goals I think I've ever seen. Well, that I've never seen a goal like that because <laughs> he he didn't even know that the ball was in play. Yeah. And he turned around and it just fell on his foot and instinctually, yeah. He just made a beautiful put a beautiful touch on it and it was it was a great shot. Yeah, it was. It but it it felt more accidental than 
Oh, it was definitely else. accidental. It, he just kind of turned around and said, oh, man, the ball's here. <laughs> yeah. It, it was probably, you know, three inches away from basically taking it right in the junk and being on a blooper. Highlight. <laughs> yeah. Instead, he's winning goal of the week, or at least he was up for it. I don't know if he ended up winning it. But, um, yeah, Houston, I just I, I don't really know how to how to read this team. Um, maybe it's just that I'm I'm getting bigger, that I'm missing the Maidana games. Uh, but there's uh, really nothing to suggest that the galaxy are a tough team to play on the road. Like when they're, when they're coming to your city, mm -hmm. uh, I can't remember the last time they've been something that you should kind of be scared of. They yeah. certainly weren't last season and they were a better team last season, at least, um, for, for much of the year, they could round into a better team this season, but not right now they're not. Yeah. They're still without, uh, Robbie Keane. Um, Gerard, I believe is, is training, but is still questionable. Uh, Nigel de Jong sounds like he's going to get hit with a pretty hefty <laughs> suspension. Uh, yeah. I think he's not going to play. That's safe to say this. Yeah. Week. I think Bruce Arena actually announced that he, he will not play at least this Friday. Uh, but there still has been no official word of, of his suspension. Not that he was a huge fantasy option, although he's, I mean, it does it's help important. Houston. Yeah. Right, that's important when you're thinking about if he's playing or not, because he he really does shut the opposing uh, kind of attacking midfielders down. For sure, for sure, and um, not to the extent of De Jong, but Robbie Rogers is is out as well after he picked up a hamstring injury. That's uh, I'm big. sorry, hip injury. Yeah, that's really big. He kind of pushes their attack on the wings. So for sure, and uh, I I remember watching that he he suffered a colliding with Fernando Adi in the air. And as soon as it happened, it was like, you know, Rogers was not going to come out of that one. Okay. <laughs> and it looked like nothing because Adi did it so smoothly. Yes. And he's so big. Yes. But it just, Robbie Rogers kind of bounced off him. It didn't look like anything violent. But when, when Fernando Adi's kind of flying at you with that much force, uh, I'm sure my hip would probably have shattered. Too. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so are there any guys from the galaxy that, that you trust? I feel like, and it sounds so weird to say this. But it seems like Mike McGee might be the most, uh, or at least be the safest option in L.A. Am I crazy? Yeah, if, if he keeps taking corners, Mike McGee is just a great value because he's also making the smartest runs of anybody on the team. He's playing some of the best passes. He's doing all the right things, and even if that's not translating to, to being the most dangerous goal-scoring threat, he only costs 4400 Yeah, He might be kind of playing in a forward role. Um it depends. It, so, it seems like they're kind of playing Dos Santos in the 10 and then McGee and uh, Leggett on the wings mm -hmm. and with Zardis up top. At least that's what they did last weekend. Yeah, that's what it looks like. But but Arena really likes to play the 4-4-2 as well. The question is just how does Dos Santos fit into that since he doesn't really have a position? Mm -hmm. um, he's kind of like a Clint Dempsey. He has so much talent, but he can't uh, can't ever just find the perfect niche on the field. So, yeah, I think McGee is, McGee is good, and I think Leggett is all right, but he's almost $6,000, which makes him tough to play. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it sounds like Tyler, or Tyler Derrick, I believe, was on the bench last week, so we could get him back, and he's still, he's basically priced as a backup now uh, behind Joe Willis, so. Uh, I know. really like that play. Yeah, he's 3000 3000 yeah. That's obviously for those playing on the, the Friday night through Saturday slate, but um 
And the Galaxy, I mean, if they're missing Keane, Robbie Rogers, Nigel DeYoung, uh, Gerrard, I don't know how much of a loss he actually is, but yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely a team that could could score zero goals, the right. Galaxy. So Tyler Derrick, good, uh, definitely a good tournament play, maybe even a cash play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm gonna we're gonna instead of going through each game specifically, I'd like to kind of talk more. Um, I guess we could call it more game theory. I feel like that's kind of your wheelhouse. So I'm going to take advantage of it while, uh, while I've got just you. Great. Um, who or um, what price does Diego Valeri have to get to make him unplayable? I mean, that's really tough because I think he's as playable as Jovinko. That's exactly his, what I was thinking. Fit- his, his floor is amazing. Yes. Um, the crosses, the cross numbers look wrong um <laughs> especially when you see this two mixed in yeah um he had 19 uh last night that was wednesday night against uh dallas he had 26 in a game against rsl earlier 15 10 i mean the numbers are are kind of astonishing that uh he can i believe he has five one two three four five games with over 20 points this season and only one goal uh, and two assists. One of the assist games, he only had 12 points. Like, it's it's astonishing. He's at 8,300 this week. Um, Javinko is at 9,800. So getting those two in the same lineup uh, takes you out of a significant number of guys because we've got a, a, a packed slate on Saturday. Yeah, that would be really hard to get both of them. Um, yeah, so it's more do you... If that's the case, which one are you going with? Well, th- it, that's an easy decision this week. You kind of picked the best week to ask me this because okay. Valeri's going to be playing his third game in, I'm thinking, seven days. Yeah. Yep. Maybe, yeah. I think seven it's seven days yeah, because he plays. They play on... Sunday and they play Correct. Saturday. Correct. So, third game in seven days. He's played. I don't know how much he played last night, but he played a lot of the game. I don't know if he came off at he went, all. He went 90. He went 90. That's yep. kind of astonishing that they were getting beaten that badly and he went 90. Yeah, he's missed four minutes this season. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, he has had some serious injury in history, so I, I'd be pretty surprised if he plays the full 90 again on Saturday. Okay. Meanwhile, Javinko is playing DC United, who I think are a, kind of a team that he can definitely take advantage of. Um, so I'm probably leaning Javinko. Oh, Plus, okay. there's there's more options for me anyway in the midfield to buy. Like okay. if if you want to predict kind of crosses, corner takers, guys that can score, guys that are dangerous, it's almost easier to pick up midfielders right now than forwards because a lot of the forwards you're just hoping for a goal at this point. Yeah. I mean, Kai Kamara isn't the machine he was last year. Um, I think Jao Plata is probably the, and maybe Burrito kind of kick, yeah, I mean, kick out of that mold a little bit. Yeah, you have uh, Plata and Burrito. You have Espindola. Yes. Um, who, that, I think that was, it was nice of Skyler not to come on and gloat about that one <laughs> this week. It was kind of a mic drop move on. Totally. On it's like, maybe that's, yeah. maybe that was behind all of this. <laughs> he just um, knew we'd bring him up at some point. Yeah. 
Um, David V is a guy that just on his shots alone, I think, can kind of kind of have a high floor. But mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of guys are kind of hoping for a goal. So Javinko is definitely like the cream of the crop there. So uh, if you don't want to get your, or if you can't get your crosses from Valeri, who's your next guy up? Is it uh, Ivan Schitz? Is it Iguain? Um, well, man, those two are great ones right off the bat. I think uh, Ivan Schitz is a, probably the best value, but Iguain, I think, has a tremendous ceiling this week. They host NYCFC. Um, I think it's a great week for him and Kamara both. Um, you've got and, you've got him as your top midfielder this week. Iguain. Yeah, because Valeri, I have number two. I wasn't sure if he was going to play the full ninety, but even if you get sixty out of Valeri, that's still a decent buy. Sure. Um, I think Piotti. A lot of people are kind of just getting too scared of him. He's I my totally number, agree with you. He's my number three, and uh, people say, "Oh, Piotti can't play on the road. They play totally differently." Um, yeah, but they're also playing Chicago. And it's it's the Harry Ship revenge game. Um, Chicago's defenders are aren't on the level that can stop Piotti. So I I think Piotti's a fine play as well. And then I'm um, I'm kind of banking on Mario Diaz coming back, who obviously is a a great bet for crosses and just attacking points in general if he plays. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think Iguain and Ivanchitz are are two good ones, and maybe uh, Christian Takara, whoever we think's going to take corners for Vancouver when they're at Real Salt Lake. Yeah, uh, Mauro Diaz uh, didn't play Wednesday. He was the big uh, double game week uh, kind of conundrum because everybody wanted to know if he was going to play. It turned out he did not, and there hasn't been really any uh, indication that he... We haven't heard any indication about what's going to happen this weekend. Uh, I believe Oscar Perea basically said, you know, when he's 100%, he'll play, and which seems a little silly to say since I'm not sure Diaz is ever really 100%. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we, I feel like uh, that's just like a big, that's a big void to fill with without, you know, if you decide not to go with Valeri. And so, you know, selfishly, I was looking, I was doing the same thing, looking kind of where, where we can go with that. Do you see any, um, Anything from defenders that jump out at you? We don't have Chris Tierney in this slate, so um, I assume you'll probably say your boy Ronald Matarita because I'm not sure anybody has liked him as much as you have, and so far you've been totally right. I mean, he's probably in the running for Defender of the Year if he keeps this up. Mm -hmm. He's been outstanding offensively, defensively. It's incredibly hard to attack down his wing. But whenever NYCFC is losing, which I think they probably they've probably been ahead a lot more than they've been behind this year, correct? Uh, or off the, or off even the top of my head, yeah. yeah. So when when they're losing, he's really going to get up the field, and that's going to be great. So I like his value a lot. Um, let's see who else. I think Fabinho actually against in Seattle is going to be a sneaky good play in kind of the top tier. Mm-hmm. Um, Philadelphia really could give Seattle a run for their money the way they've been playing. Um, I totally agree. I I feel like people are going to overlook that one, thinking that that's that's an easy Seattle win. But uh, I don't know. I feel like that's a a solid opportunity to get guys like Fabinho, CJ Sapong, or Alberge if he's because I don't think I think El Sino's still a little banged up. So 
yeah, they're they're kind of hoping to get him back. But right. I don't know that they need him. It it depends if they think Barnetta can go. Yep. Seventy minutes, sixty minutes. So we'll have to see about that one. Um, to actually, while we're on that topic, did you see the controversy over the Philadelphia goal last week in the last minute? Um, I don't believe so. All of the there was the free kick, obviously, where Barnetta scored that great goal. Right. And. All of the Philadelphia players kind of lined up behind this um, the Orlando City wall. And they were all in an offsides position, and they were kind of accentuating the wall, making it really tough for the keeper to see. Huh. And the referee warned them, you're in an offsides position, and since you're affecting the keeper's view, you know that can be called offsides. Right. Because even you don't have to touch the ball, obviously, right. to to be affecting the play and be called an offsides position. Well, they kind of ran towards the wall as Barnetta was about to kick it, but most of them were clearly still offsides, and the AR never raises flag. Huh. Now, the ref could still definitely call it since he warned them in the right. first place. <laughs> um, but maybe he did, he thought maybe they got back to the wall. I'm not sure because he was behind the, the set-piece takers, so that would have been a, a tough angle. Right. But then pro referees came out with a big thing that said that it shouldn't have been allowed to be a goal, hmm. which when pro referees comes out and they wrote this big piece about it, said, you know, they kind of train their referees. They've had a lot of discussions about that exact thing over the last year. Right. Um, so some Orlando City uh, fans are a little upset, understandably. Yeah. Um, now, Bendick didn't even, like, move. No. So I don't know that it – maybe because he couldn't see because of the Philadelphia players. But it was such a sweet goal. I'm kind of glad they let it go in. Can you imagine if they didn't? Yeah, right. Oh, um, I did see a little bit of that today. Of uh, I saw pro referees came out with something, which you know something bad happened if, it, if they have to come out with some sort of statement. But um, right. that's interesting. I didn't, uh, I didn't see all of that, which – you know, it's a another. It's weird that it went under the radar for as much as everyone hates on the the MLS officiating. I would have thought that would have gained a, a ton of steam, but I guess not. I guess not. Yeah. Um. Hmm. So. Uh, so you want you want some more defenders now that I sure, filibuster? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. A chance to look a little bit. <laughs> um, I like Jaleel Anibaba. He's at thirty two hundred in a game we already talked about. He's been firing off some crosses. Yes. Picked and, up an assist last week. Yeah, and uh, Connor Lade's 3,500, and he actually gets dangerous looks at goal as well. Um, little five foot five engine, and <laughs> I think he's he's been great when he's uh, gotten into the Red Bulls lineup. They still look like they need defenders. So that's a pick that I like a lot right there. Yeah, one guy that uh, we talked about um, off the podcast, or really it was, it was Saturday or Sunday, I believe, was Chris Cludy who has finally come back from or finally debuted last weekend. And he was uh, a popular pick last season because he was a pretty good crosser with um, with Columbus. And the few times that he played. Yeah, yeah. the scattered times he did. And he has three crosses in 180 minutes now. Um, do you think it's just that they they don't see him as that kind of attacker or is he still getting his feet wet? Like I'm I. I I plugged him in as soon as I could and uh, took all of his one cross in his opener and two crosses in his next. 
Right. I think when he came in, uh, I guess he kind of came into training camp. I think it was maybe three weeks before before the season started. He joined him a little late, and he got there, and he was about a month behind where they thought he was going to be in right. his recovery from uh, he had some a meniscus sort of, tear. Right, um, which I can relate to. Um, so I think that he just he's still kind of getting his legs under him. I don't think he has the fitness to kind of go marauding up the field. Um, and the way that Portland's played defensively lately, I don't think they really want him to. Right. I think they'd rather focus on uh, first getting a clean sheet for once and then maybe get him up there. But all of his pal on the other side makes it tough because he's always trying to get forward. So yeah. you kind of want your other fullback to hang back um, when Powell's pushing ahead. So I, I think Clutie's going to be a good value at times this year, but not every week. Yeah. He... Um, He's not really a, a guy that you get because he's a great technical player or a great technical crosser. He's just very athletic and fast. Mm-hmm. So maybe, I don't want to say Breck Shea because he's not at that level, but I mean, when you see Breck Shea cross and you kind of cringe half the time <laughs> and the other half the time, it's like, wow, that was pretty good. Right. Um, that's kind of cludy. So what, um, I want to stick with Portland for a little bit because they obviously played Wednesday. You kind of mentioned that. Uh, Valeri not going 90 uh, do you or we said before the pod you don't think uh, Fernando Adi is going to go 90 either well I didn't think he was going to start last night I thought it was going to be Jack McInerney mm-hmm. I mean he's such a promising young player uh, has a ton of goals in MLS how how can't we get McInerney a start when they play three times in seven days <laughs> so I, I'm probably expecting that but the other thing I've I failed to mention when we were talking about Valeri playing 90 is they don't have that many other options. Yeah. I think last night I, I tweeted, um, how the heck do you start Ned Grabovoy and Jack Jewsberry in the <laughs> same midfield against the most athletic team in the league? Mm-hmm. Um, and it showed. that I mean, Dallas ran all over them for at least the first half. Sure did. I think they had their – Portland had their moments in the second half, but when you're up 3 nothing, you're going you're gonna to go into that second half not really on your front foot, so – um, I, I feel like Portland has to find a way to fix that. Hopefully, they'll get some guys back. Um, excuse me, I don't know. Espria might be close. He'd he'd be a good guy to get in there on the wing. He kind of puts in a decent defensive shift, but um, I don't really know how to read the Portland team going into this this third game. Yeah, the, I feel like well, McInerney played forty five, and my my worry is that that's the plan of having these guys basically split games instead of just going with one, letting him play and letting the other guy rest a little bit because that's obviously just a a fantasy nightmare. Yeah, that's not great. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of guys who are barely playing, Didier Drogba is expected to be back. They're playing on the nice grass surface in Chicago. Um, (laughs) So now he's allowed to play. Do you... We both ranked him you know fairly high uh, mostly because he's Didier Drogba but are we it's weird to ask you this since we feel the same way but like are we overvaluing him a little bit because he basically has barely played this season yeah I think so I I had a tough time uh putting him as high as I did but then I remembered last season you know he kind of came in the league and and took things by storm, so it's a toss-up. It helps that Chicago, I don't think, is the best team. 
yeah. defensively. They've been playing really well defensively, but I I don't think it's kind of a just a blip on the radar. I think they're going to be an average defensive team this year. Um, and then it was kind of a matter of guys right behind him in my rankings. You had a Calm, who's probably not going to play. I, I might have to replace him in there. You have a Spindola, who I'm historically not that high on mm-hmm. um, this season. Kyle Laren's coming back from injury. And then you have some guys like Plata, who I think has uh, some sort of illness this week. It sounds like he'll probably play, but you don't know how that's going to affect him. And then BWP and Dom Dwyer are both coming off. They're going to also be playing three games in a week, pretty right. much. So, yeah, the forward rankings are tough this week. And Drogba's, Drogba's ceiling is just immense. So I think that's what gets him up there for me. Yeah, I kind of looked at it as if it was the season opener, would I rank him there? And the answer was, of course. Oh, yeah. Um, granted, everybody else has has plenty of matches under their belts, but... Um, yeah, the upside is just way too attractive. Um, for and he's pr- yeah, he's priced really intriguingly on DraftKings too, because if David Villa and Kai Kamara were say 800 more, 700 more, something like that, I definitely want to upgrade to Villa or Kamara, but they're 1200 David, and yeah, 1200, 1700. Yeah. So that that's getting where you can really like upgrade one of your other players if you just go with Drogba. Right. So I I also doubt Drogba plays ninety. Yep. So you're probably only going to get sixty minutes if he starts, but we'll see. That's the other team that really wanted him. That's I always kind of find that intriguing. <laughs> that uh, Chicago. I mean, Chicago's been screwed out of Drogba and um, Jermaine Jones. Yes. So. And they got Sean Maloney and Oof. <laughs> I guess they got a comm, so that Yeah, they did get well. a comm, but he's always hurt. Right. Um we mentioned BWP. I'd like to talk about the Red Bulls for a quick second because um they screwed everybody on Wednesday. Um for <laughs> FMLS at least. I say this because I'm one of them. Um did you go with Sasha Kletchen as well? In FMLS? Yeah. Yes, I did. Yeah, so I uh, we were talking earlier in the day about whether people were basically if they were overlooking BWP, uh, which I'm sure well, they I are. I said I wanted to to captain him. Correct. Like, if I thought he'd really play both games, and I knew it was dumb because he was on the road. Yes. But I mean his his expected goal total is just through the roof. I yes. think it's third in the league. I've just been watching him every week get into great chances good scoring opportunities. Um, I don't think that San Jose and Colorado, I mean, people like to look at the stats and the goals allowed and be like, oh, they're great defensive teams. But, I mean, look at that goal that Dom Dwyer scored against Colorado. Yep. He was wide open in the middle of the box. Mm-hmm. I mean, Colorado has Bobby Burling and I don't who else started in the middle last night? It, oh, Eric Miller. Eric Miller started, yeah. Who's a fullback, yes. good player. But they uh, didn't play Hoyberry. Nope. Um, and I mean Bobby Bobby Burling's just not good. And he's they had Dylan Cerna on the outside. Yes, thank God they got him in there, but not in his correct right. position. Right. Um, I mean he he's definitely been able to play there. I think at the youth level for the national team too. But 
I I don't know. I just BWP. I I still think he's gonna have a breakout game sooner rather than later. I still would. I'd still bet on him to score more goals than most of the forwards in the league. Like if you put him up against Will Bruin right now, I'm pretty sure I'd still take BWP. <laughs> yeah, I well, I basically took your thoughts on BWP and said if if the Red Bulls are going to go out and win both of these games or even just one, uh, I would rather put my money on Kledgedon than BWP, mostly because at least with FMLS, you obviously get an extra uh, midfield possibility pos- or even you could have two more if you, if you play a three, five, two. Um, so I went that route and then not only did Kledgedon not start, BWP didn't start. And there was somebody else who Dax didn't start, but who Skyler was talking about taking. Um, so is the idea that they all play this week or play this weekend? Like, do you? I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah. They played a lot of their kids. They played Tyler Adams. He was seventeen. Yeah. Is seventeen? Not yeah. was. Yeah. Um, and they lost. Yeah, it's they played like Sean those guys. Davis, but yep. I I think that the I mean the Red Bulls youth system is one of the best in the league. Yes, probably beside Dallas. And um, I'd say probably the Galaxy, it's it's tough to get a gauge on it because everyone talks it up so much. But uh, they just keep signing these old guys instead of playing their, their young guys. But I think the Galaxy Academy is up there too. But the, the Red Bulls have a great system, a great kind of youth development program. Um, so I, I think it's great that they give their kids some playing time and it's going to make them a better team for it. I think it's good that they got their guys rested and I think just mentally they're gonna they're gonna come into this Colorado game fresh and moving forward. I think they're gonna be a tough team to play. Yeah. So I'm still on board, Color uh, or the Red Bulls. I I'm really not. I they're not gonna be supporter shield winners again. But I don't think it's time to just kind of jump ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm starting to look at BWP like I am. Well, not starting. I've always kind of viewed them the same way as Kai Kamara, but I'm viewing them as if they go off, then whoever grabbed them that week, congratulations. But I just, the amount, certainly with uh, with Kamara, just how much you need to pay to get him. Uh, I'd, I'd just rather, maybe I just feel like I prefer floors to ceilings, but I would rather Iguain over Kamara, and I'd rather um, Kledgedon, whose floor isn't even really that high. <laughs> but I yeah. feel like I'd rather go that route than, than BWP. No, I'm 100% with you, especially if you're you're playing like cash games, but I think that's the way that that MLS Daily Fantasy has been this year. You you take the midfielders you want and then you grab forwards that you think have a shot at a goal that fit within your your team budget. Mm-hmm. I don't think you have to break the bank for a forward. Um especially some of them kind of just are their price is staying fairly low. I mean, Plata's getting towards six thousand. Yep. But Arudi, I don't know if they're ever going to increase his price too much. So, yeah, I think I think that's the the good strategy to go with. Last year, Kai Kamara was a, a cash game like must have, probably seventy five percent of the time. Right. So, it, totally different this year until he proves otherwise. Yeah i I'd like to see him with like an eight shot game to show that he's really trying. Well, he had a he had a six-shot game. Right, which he scored in. Correct. Um, so... And then he's played three on the road. Okay, so that's the problem? Nah, I mean, you know that <laughs> I believe in the road game kind of 
I'll take anyone in a road game. It doesn't matter to yes. me. Um, because I kind of think with the right matchup, the right talent, if you really believe in a player, then um, in MLS at least, a lot of times it, it's not going to matter. Mm -hmm. You have to evaluate every case differently. But maybe there's something to be said about Kamara just performing better against that, that great home crowd. Mm -hmm. They also played, I mean, FC Dallas, great team defensively. Uh, at least in terms of shutting down like the key opposing players, right? And which I mean, look at what they did to Valeri last night. He had a ton of crosses, but it's not like he was extremely dangerous mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. compared to how he usually is, right? Um, and Montreal, I think, is another team that has a good defensive midfield. They kind of focus on shutting the other team's top guys down. So, yeah, I don't think it's time to really ignore Kamara, but. He's not the safest guy to go with, that's for certain. It doesn't feel that way. No, definitely not. <laughs> uh, a team we haven't really talked about um, at all is Vancouver. Uh, they are still without Pedro Morales, although, so that, you know, obviously leaves penalties for somebody uh, since that's the only way he scores. But are we getting to the point where Octavio Rivero is just too cheap to pass up? He's at 5,300 this week. Um, you know, I don't think he's he's too cheap to pass up because okay. there's there's other good forwards in that range. I mean, Plata is six hundred more. Uh, Burrito is less. Mm -hmm. Sticking with the RSL, Movsisian yeah. is less. Okay. Um, who, who I think still has uh, a higher ceiling than other people think. Um, I was I was even going to stay with the team if if I was considering Rivero at fifty three, I would happily take Blas Perez at four thousand. Yeah, that's tough because Blas Perez is a classic. You're going to get zero points <laughs> if, if he doesn't score. Fair and enough. you might get a red card every <laughs> one in every five games. Uh -huh. But but I've had similar thoughts. I think I used Perez in one tournament lineup last week because he looks really dangerous. Yes. He looks rejuvenated from last year. I don't think it's going to last all season, but he's kind of hungry with a new team to start a new MLS campaign. It seems that way. That's how and I started to feel about him. Yeah, and they're playing. I mean, they're playing on the road in Salt Lake. Yes, kind of a, a tough trip, admittedly. Even though I just said I don't really buy into the the road stuff too much, <laughs> but um, RSL is not the greatest defensively. They're still trying to find probably two center backs. Yes, um, to bring in. So Blas Perez, great call for four thousand. I think so. Okay. I mean, even Josie Altidore's five thousand, which is cheaper than Rivero and. Josie cracks me up because he had an assist last week. You'd think he'd have like a decent day on DraftKings. Four points. Oh, gosh. <laughs> he had a yellow card and four uh, fouls conceded. <laughs> and one shot, one assist. Uh, <laughs> uh, the assist was nice. I'll give him credit for that yeah, one, though. Right. I mean, nice it's assist. pretty easy to assist Javinko, but <laughs> Right. I think the, the goal still... I think he was still outside the box. Right. Yeah, he was. Um. So... Uh, I almost feel like you shouldn't get too many points for that. That that's one of the things that always bothered me about assists was like just because you were the last touch, you get the assist. So if right. you you know if the guy takes the ball and runs fifty yards and then scores, you still get an assist for dunking it off to him sixty yards away from the feet, from the uh, goal. Yeah. Meanwhile, if you make a great assist, but then the guy that shoots it puts it in and banks it off of a defender. 
like half the time they don't give it to you because mm-hmm. yep. it touched a defender. Yeah. But I mean, if it was a great feed to give someone a great scoring opportunity, then I don't know. That's always kind of weird to me. Yeah. I actually don't, as much as I, those kind of assists bother me, the chances created or key passes stat uh, really drives me nuts because the, uh, you just, I mean, I realize that we need some sort of stat of you passed it and the guy shot it. But the quality, I know, and I realize big chances created or whatever. I still don't even know how you <laughs> figure one of those out. But I, I hope it's just, you know, a, a pass that ends up in a shot on target, probably in the box or whatever it is. But, like, I feel like we put so much weight into chances created, and some of them are horrible chances, but the guy just happens to take a shot. And so now it's a chance created. But enough of that rant. Uh, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> The Sunday slate is two games, but has a lot of uh, good players in it if they all play. Um, the two games were Orlando against the Revs and Dallas hosting Sporting KC. Uh, Sporting rested a lot of their guys uh, in the midweek. Dallas did not, um, other than Mauro Diaz being hurt. So, does that do the matches from this weekend from from the midweek make you feel any differently about Dallas and, and Casey if Diaz does not play? Uh man, if Diaz doesn't play, I think it's going to be a pretty even game. Yeah. Um, I I just think that Dallas is deep enough; they can rotate some guys in. I don't believe that Kellen Acosta played. Um, maybe he he subbed on last night. I didn't get to see, but I don't think he started. Pretty positive. And he's a he's still um, defender eligible on DraftKings, mm-hmm. but he's going to be playing in the midfield most likely. Um, he even played in the number ten role once this year when Diaz was out. Yep. So I think that's a great play. I think Dallas is at home. They probably still have an edge, even though they played all their starters. Kansas City rested some. Um, but yeah, that that's a game that you're definitely going to have to kind of. Kind of nail nail it on the head to to win this two game slate. It's <laughs> kind of strange. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, the other game kind of feels like a little more predictable for me. Um, how do you see that one? I really like Orlando. City. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm not sure uh, anybody would be uh, would be able to convince me that that New England has a shot in that, and everybody can keep throwing Lee Wynn's name at me, but. <laughs> I'm back off now. <laughs> I think well, I jumped last... back on towards the end of last season, and now I'm back off. Well, last year, Lee Wynn and Kaka were like your two most hated fantasy players. Yeah, I. that's correct. I think Kaka, um, I believe the corners were not being counted as crosses when oh, I, when yeah, I started that. And so I'm willing to, to give that. Wynn just doesn't get enough. Like I feel like they don't win enough corners to to give me allow him to get credit for that but uh, i'm good with kaka now um <laughs> but wins really the only one i feel like anybody really or i guess tierney you would obviously consider um yeah definitely but and i mean maybe one maybe one of the other midfielders you never know like fagundes or kellen Rowe. i i don't think that orlando is like such a defensive juggernaut that new england can't get something done yeah i agree with I you just, there I just think it's tough to predict who, when New England kind of spreads everything around so much, they're not ever 
like a deadly attack for a full game yes it's always like oh maybe the next 10 minutes are going to be dangerous and then for 30 minutes i can flip on this other game maybe i want to watch the union which are more exciting this year at times but um yes weird and it also all depends who starts at forward for them i think they're a better team when charlie davies plays but i'm a little bit more of a fan of agadello yep uh they kind of insist on playing teal bunbury up top sometimes which is absurd (laughs) but um what do you think about tesho from the from that other game yeah, I love Tesho. I think I wish he was starting all the time. Yeah. He's a great player. He was rookie of the year 2 years ago, and it's just unfortunate that they don't don't give him the the gig full time. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted Arudi's been great this year. Yes. So, that that's a great pickup. He's a great fit for their system. Um he works extremely hard defensively. Everything about Arudi is a, a great fit. And Maybe they're going to end up being a team that plays a four four two with both up top. I think they've looked pretty good in the four four two so far. Mm-hmm. But if you have Mauro Diaz, then that's not that's not going to work, <laughs> right? Because he has to be kind of in the middle, pulling the strings. And they have three great defensive midfielders. They like to play two of them at all times. So then you, you can't play the four four two. Then with uh, the way that Sporting. Uh, did their lineup on Wednesday uh, with Zuzi starting? Um, do you think he gets a rest and we get Brad Davis taking over the corners? I think Zuzi's going to play again. Oh, you do? Yeah, I think if anyone's a candidate to to go three games in a week or whatever, it's Zuzi. Hmm. Okay. Um, Brad Davis did. Did he come on last night? I think he did. I believe Let me he did. T- Let me... Yeah, he played uh, 18 minutes, looks like. Yeah, so that does suggest that he could play, but I think it might be in place of Connor Hallisey instead. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Four crosses in five in 18 minutes. That leaves no room for Failhopper, though, right? Well, Davis and Zussi are on the wing, and then Failhopper's in, in kind the of the... Yeah, in the middle. Okay. So with uh, Espinoza mm-hmm. and... I guess Mustavar's still out, and Olam is, <laughs> he's just not looked that good. No. Um, he's definitely not a guy you ever want to get in your fantasy lineups since he's a defensive midfielder that's really not even that good at that. <laughs> um, so. And Quintillo only played a half because Failhaber yes, came on for him. If Quintillo plays, Failhaber's not going to be as advanced. Right. I mean, he's still going to be a solid play. But I like him a lot more if they have Espinoza and a, somebody else, and then Felhaber can be the most advanced out of those three. Yep. Um, the other note, now that you've, I've kind of talked myself into Zusi and Brad Davis both starting, mm-hmm. is that last time that happened, just a couple of weeks ago, let me take a look at the log here, who'd they play? RSL. They were supposed to crush a, a depleted RSL team yeah. at home, and Zussi Davis is not a, a great combo on the wings. No. It doesn't really pin back another team. RSL had free reign. They weren't really that scared of Davis on the wing. I mean, he's going to beat you by putting the ball into the box. Zussi's not really a guy that beats you off the wing, cutting inside. And Failhaber's not really a guy that that's really going to go at your defenders and attack. So it's just three guys that are trying to pass the ball into Dwyer. 
it is pretty easy for RSL to shut down. Mm -hmm. So if Zussi and Davis play and it's just Dom Dwyer up top, maybe that that kind of shifts my tournament thinking to a Dallas defense rather than Orlando City. Hmm. Hmm, that's interesting. The only problem with the Dallas defense is that um is Harris still start? Yeah. Harris had gotten a few starts and he's a midfielder. So that takes well, last, I think lately it's been Hollingshead and Figueroa. Outside, okay. On the on the fullback Oh, spots. that's right. You're right. You're right. Right. Um, Walker Zimmerman, Zach Lloyd, Matt Hedges inside, but mm -hmm. yeah, Harris started the year, so I I think they're gonna have some rotation still. Yep, Holling said um, I'm still bitter as a midfielder in FMLS. Yes, it would be great if he was a defender. Mm. And Moises Hernandez has started like full seasons for Dallas before. Yeah, <laughs> he's sitting at 2200. Um. Not the greatest attacking choice, but not terrible. Mm -hmm. So if he gets in at 2200 that's a value. Yeah, you have to jump all over that at, at that price. Yeah, we need some, definitely need some good value on this slate because there's pretty much all expensive attacking options. Right, right. Uh, my last question for you, um, you've got Sebastian Javinko as your top forward and you have Federico Iguain as your top midfielder. Who scores the most points this weekend? Between the two of them? Well, I assume nobody yeah, else would score right. higher. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. Definitely. Um, well, I mean, you could argue that a couple forwards have more more upside than Iguain, but That's fair. I I captained Javinka this week in FMLS, even though there's all these double game week options. I thought it was kind of a good differential. People are forgetting how explosive Javinka can be. Um, I don't away at DC United is not an imposing matchup at all. Mm -hmm. I think Javinko has a big game. Okay. So that's who I'm taking. NYCFC is a little bit better defensively than people think. Um, it's at WM. <laughs> that's right. It's actually just Matarita. <laughs> they, uh, yeah. I wouldn't get into the Ethan White debacle from last weekend. Well, actually, it's Frederick Briant. Briant, right? yeah. I know you like him a lot. <laughs> that's, how I'll, that's how I'll respond to that. Uh, that's all I've got. Um, so JD, thanks for stepping up, uh, with Skylar Skip doing his mic drop and leaving us here. Um, uh, no problem guys. And yeah, good luck this weekend. Good luck. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire fantasy soccer podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Oh, wow. You're actually wearing your hair down tonight. Yeah, because I finally decided that I love my hair. I figured out the solution for my morning frizz, midday poof, and even next day bedhead. It's Frizz E Secret Weapon Touch-Up Cream by John Frieda. Well, you and your hair look flawless. Flawless and touchable. Feel. Oh. See? It's soft. Smooth ends. No flyaways. Shiny. Well, I clearly need to get some because your hair looks amazing. Frizz E Secret Weapon. Only from John Frieda.